Welcome, welcome to the Let's Talk Rap podcast. And today I have a very, very special guest. It's um, a distant relative of mine, but he's more like a, a very uh, close relative of mine. I guess because I've spent more time with, I guess I've spent more time with him than a lot of other relatives that I that I know. No diss on other relatives, but yeah, his name is <laughs> his name is Sharan Radhakrishnan, or um, or I just call him Sharan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how's Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sharon. Like, how has it been? I we were we were just by the way one 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 more thing like we were just just me and Sharon was just discussing a few things before the podcast. So like you know we were just talking about how um, like you know uh, we were discussing about work from home and how like it's become a little bit more better for people to like work from home now and it's made it's made themselves be more productive at work and things like that. We were just discussing about that and I was just like. You know, so we were we were weighing the pros and cons, and overall we feel like you know work from home is better because it it keeps you in a better space of mind. So already things are moving very fast and stuff like that. So, uh, so we were just discussing that. So like yeah, if one we can continue with that itself, like what we were discussing. Yeah, first of all, th- thanks for and uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know there's very little that we can say that's going to be new to anyone listening that has worked from home. I think it's a uh, everybody falls very clearly on uh, into one camp or the other. Like, do you like working from home or do you not like working from home? So uh, I think for most people, working from home has is opened up a side of their personal lives and their ability to do stuff at home, which uh, you know was previously just so difficult to achieve. You know, like doing stuff around the house, being a better partner, being a better uh, friend to your flatmates if you're not married. So it's not a cool stuff that you can do, but sometimes I just feel like leaving home, <laughs> like most of us, yeah. or you know, want to like you know wear clothes and go out once in a while. So you know, that's something that uh, I found is uh, you know, one aspect that I've lost entirely is my ability to actually wear a shirt. <laughs> I got a shirt on my feet, like wear clothes now. <laughs> what a jeans, what a pants. So. Now that I, I guess uh, if you're okay and you know, just chilling all day in your home clothes, then I think working from home is the absolute best thing that's happened to a lot of people. I think the it's the best combination, you no? Know? Like staying at home, you're, you're working, you can be at home, but then like you know not and also if you can go out and do stuff, that'll be like perfect. Like that's the perfect combination. Like your social life doesn't necessarily need to be mixed with work, but like and so it can be separate because in any case like. When you're working, you don't really have that much of a social life. It's all about numbers in the end of the day. It's about how you do well and stuff like that. So I think like it's fine to make the difference. And if you really do want to get, if you do, really do want to get close to people at work, you can. There's no. It's not like that option is not available. People, you can always message people and get close to them. That's not a big deal. But I think that you know, if you can have that balance, I think that would be perfect. You know, and. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a super interesting point. You know, not now when I think about it, there are certain people who absolutely love working from home because their entire lives, their work life and their personal life are both the same, right? And uh, you have um, uh, you know some people that clearly have uh, you know their their work circles and then their personal circles completely separated. Like they they want to leave work and go back home. To their family, their friends, their pets, and their time. So, people that had, you know, a distinct social life before, absolutely love working from home. And people that are relatively young, who don't have too many friends in the city, they just move to. For whom working, their colleagues become their drinking buddies or their chill, you know, the people that they chill with. They really like. I think this 
work a lot but i think that the older you get and the more you have you know your predefined social circles it's um, very easy to you know think that working from home is the only way that a lot of people would work it's it, it's very obvious that the that overlap is will determine whether or not work work from home is for you or not i think getting older is also like is an interesting thing you know like i have done this podcast i've interviewed a couple of people now mostly for my family and like you know friends circles basically so i've noticed like there's a you know like i don't want to uh, you know call out any generation or anything but there is obviously a big difference between like the older generation the younger generation in the way that like we think or we uh, think of ideas and stuff like that you know um and like i feel like the older generation has never grew up with like social media and they never grew up with these kind of things and it didn't so it didn't really affect them in any way like you know like so this kind of stuff actually didn't doesn't even come up in their conversations you know they don't like necessarily talk so much about how to talk to people like you know how how to like have a social interaction with somebody because that's all that they did you know there was, when there was a time and there was no technology basically there was no social media no computers nothing they could like you know talk to people much more easily i think in our generation i think it's a bit more tougher because the more and more you get older it's like the more and more difficult it's becoming uh you know interacting with people because everybody's like sort of used to like like we grew up in a in a time of technology we grew up with computers we grew up with computer games we grew up with all this stuff and it's very like you know for a lot of people like you know uh, their life was centered on that like you know it was all about you know the game that you liked and you played that with your friend or it was like you know uh, maybe some uh, of or a football team that you had to watch the match at that time you know to, to you know otherwise you would you, you just go crazy or a, or a movie or something like that and all that so i feel like in our generation what i've noticed is that people have have found it a bit difficult to like kind of interact with others you know in some ways yeah. and like i don't know what the i don't know i don't know how what the answer to that is but like i think we're a little bit more like how do i feel like careful with how we interact but i don't know what do you think about that um you know i, I the point about uh, our parents generation for example uh you know i think a lot of parents like you said didn't grow up with the kind of technology and yeah. ease of access right so in a way i think the relationships that they've built over the decades have been a lot more genuine because you got to, you, have, you you have to have had a much more major effort to be in touch you know pick up a landline and talk to someone who wasn't staying in the same city as you and uh, you know you couldn't make like spur of the moment plans because you could whatsapp someone and like find out what they're doing today you have to call them figure it out and changing plans was like a big no no right i mean that's the kind of like i mean when we grew up when, when we went out to people's house this was planned like days in advance so i think the uh, our parents generation was extremely careful with um, you know or that a, a lot more effort rather went into um, you know making keeping friends and you know keeping in touch with people um, i would actually argue that um, our generation is a little careless with it it is oh. so okay uh, it's so easy to um, you know get back in touch with someone and then fall out of touch because you know there are whatsapp or an instagram like dm away from um, you know catching up for a drink or dinner so it's it, it's strange i i'd say our generation is closer hmm. absolutely closer in terms of kind of like how connected we are at the same time it's also made this weird 
barrier between a lot of people because of the ease of access is actually working against people when it comes to making an effort to sustain friendship. So personally speaking, I found that there are people who I would love to hang out with, and we keep postponing and pushing plans, saying, "Yeah, yeah, you know, let's catch up for a drink sometime next week, and then next month, and then it's been like that." Always happens. That always happens. Right. Yeah, and I, and I would point a finger solely at the fact that it is so easy to make a plan and then break it with uh, all the technology we have. Whereas you know, if if this is something, I had to pick up a landline, call someone, hey, what are you doing to like a week from now? That will be an event on my calendar I cannot miss, right? Or I wouldn't be able to like do it do with a clean conscience. So I think it's 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 made this easier to get connected, but it's also pushed people apart. And I think that's the way that we just function and be treated as normal. I think the if you are the older generation, they would just say it's like the the elephant word in the room, like lazy. You guys are being lazy, you know. <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't, you can't like you just you guys can't like you know go and meet somebody and talk to somebody. And it's like I don't know. It's very, it's actually a lot of and I like yeah, I had this I had this discussion with my parents and a lot of other people also. But then I always say that like you know it's different because we grew up with this like sort of like we grew up with technology that exposed us to. to so much of the outside world especially like western culture so like you know even though we never grew up in like say like america or uk or whatever and all that stuff we grew up with all their tv shows all their movies we were exposed to their humor sometimes like i i would say that i can admit that i've like some of my favorite tv shows and movies and all that are you know from america and stuff like that you know and like my first language is english so it's like you know and when you your favorite people or you know influencers and all of people from outside it's kind of you know when you grow up with that kind of mentality then you don't necessarily like um you kind of feel like what your parents told you has has like you know there's a there's an issue with it you know that they don't completely get the full picture of it and stuff like that and i feel like a lot of people in you know over time i've learned to understand that you know that's not the right way of looking at things like there is a there's a there is one way of there's that and then there's also the the view of like you know a, a traditionalist would say like you know okay this is how you know this is how it actually works in society in our society at least and stuff so i mean i've i've noticed that people are like a bit um, you know when you grow up with that mentality you kind of don't want to feel um you know you don't want to conform to anything you want to be free in some sense so i feel like a lot of the younger generation has grown up with this sort of influence and you know it's made them actually maybe a bit more individualistic i guess to put to use another word and so people can tend to sort of you know i don't i don't know but it's very different you know um the kind of people that i talk to sometimes you know the the, the kind of like relations that i had before with people could meet up any time you know we could like talk and meet up and hang around but then now things have changed you know like you've also got we've got married recently like you know and like if you also i'm sure there'll be a lot of times where you would want to hang out with your friend but then you know because you're like tied up at at home and stuff like it's difficult for you to go and meet them you know similarly like i have other friends who are already married so you know i know it's like almost next to impossible for like you know for us for me to just text a message and be like let's go meet up because they probably got other things to worry about and other things to do and i think like somewhere we haven't understood like how to kind of because we haven't spent the time to build that relationship it's very easy for it to just go even though like you know somebody from for like more than 10 years it's very easy for a relationship to break i don't know what yeah. do you think i no um, so as you were you know 
speaking there were two or three things about who <laughs> yeah so you, you know the like lo- lot of stuff right so to a first point i think um uh if you look at how um you know our houses were or my grandparents house was or like even our, our houses growing up we would have visitors unannounced can you imagine how psychotic it would be in today's day and age in our house if we were staying alone for somebody to cut turn up at our door unannounced Our yeah, generation is not able to comprehend it, but yeah. um, in, in in Chennai or in, you know Trivandrum, uh, it, it's very common for people to just uh, drop in unannounced because they belong to a generation where um, the landline may have been busy, but they happen to be driving or you know driving by, they stop in for a cup of tea and then leave in half an hour. Mm. But for for that to happen in Bangalore would be like considered rude in our generation. Like how can this person just turn up at my door unannounced? You know that. fundamentally the way that our our generation has treated digital like digital introduction and digital like uh, you know calendarization of our time as more important than you know just like dropping in if you're comfortable with that person which is now when i think about it it's crazy nobody would randomly turn up at my house no matter yeah. how close they were even my best friend wouldn't do that to me yeah and if you look at you know think i think you hit the nail on the head with um the westernization of our childhood Right, because as we were growing up, we were the first generation that kind of grew up on, you know, uh, Star Wars, your Cartoon Network, and um, I would say a lot of the social standards that we had were self-imposed. In the sense that our parents never said, you know, you should be able to stay out late, go out, meet friends, and then one day you should have a drink with your friends and go out for coffee. These are all things that our parents never told us were even remotely possible as we were growing up into our teenage years. But because we, you know, we we grew up watching all these popular American and British sitcoms, we just assumed that outside of this house, which is clearly a jail, uh, th- that's what freedom looks like. So we would, I constantly try to find ways to leave home, rebel, uh, homework, like oh, I don't want to do this, and like we clearly had other ideas of how to. um you know, make use of our time and i think that created a lot of friction between parents that knew that this was going to be one way or it, it was going to be their way or the highway with us growing up and us saying that no we want to be individuals and we want to do this we want to like have a girlfriend at 14 i don't know what i assumed the relationship was back then but i wanted one <laughs> so like one very uh, all of us have wanted all of us have wanted a girlfriend at 14 <laughs> Yeah, like I was like I thought I would be like I would look at people who are else slightly elder than me and be like they have a girlfriend now why can't I have a girlfriend it's not fair yeah. <laughs> and so it's over and and the and the absolute and the absolutely craziest thing that uh, I I heard growing up all moms and dads are the same line about girlfriend and boyfriend so <laughs> like you study now you work hard you get into college and that's the time that, you get a girlfriend like that, 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 I'm like one second where do you <laughs> Which rule book is this? Like, where are you guys reading the same script from? <laughs> like, how is this happening? Yeah, that's that's, that's true, man. Like, I mean, like that's that that's the thing. Like, you know, like I remember, uh, you know, I remember my parents telling me stuff like, you know, you know, this girl is not uh, meant for you, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, I know love and I know all this stuff. And what is Like you know, I mean, uh, you know, I like. I mean, it, this guy is having it. Like, why can't I be in a relationship with Master? Now, when I look back at, I look at it in a totally different perspective because actually I have grown up. So, like, I look at it in a totally different perspective where I'm like, yeah, I think that was kind of childish. Why did that? You know, I was the relationship, but that's all part of learning, I guess, right? Like, you kind of learn. You have to go through that phase where you do some stupid things, and then after that, you realize that. Oh, that kind—that of, stuff is all stupid, like you know. But I had to go through that to 
to understand yeah. what is what is not stupid and like you know that parents sucks. can't teach you that yeah sometimes if i i look back at myself from 5 years ago and i physically cringe i just feel like oh man i can't believe i was that person because i think in our own life we like look back and like how the hell did i assume that was like an intelligent thing to do or an appropriate way to behave right because um, as as you move forward in life you start getting a little wiser about some of these things you assume were fantastic decisions right so for instance uh, the way that i viewed being in a relationship um you know i will openly say this i think i was an extremely uh, insecure i was very childish and a very immature person in my relationship early on simply because i didn't know better and no, there was no you know guiding post to say hey man you know you this is the way that you should uh, behave you should give people space you should you know what what do trust issues look like i never had somebody and sit down and say that hey listen maybe most of these problems are in your head but I, with time you know we all move towards this slightly more stable uh, you know outlook on our lives and you know what's happened and then i think we're better for it for, for yeah. most people some people genuinely feel they were better and that's their life but uh, i find that you know uh, as i grew up uh, i constantly look back and i said the sharon of 5 years ago was like still a work in progress but run right now i'm very happy with the way things are because a lot more calm i'm a lot more collected i'm a little i'm i'm not insecure about anything like in life you know so there's very few things get that can throw me off my game or throw me off my like happy perch that i'm on right now so i'd say it's it, it's it's everything is a function of time you know everything we've spoken about so far uh uh you know us adapting to things that change faster than we ever thought you know we went from a time where we went from we 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 were the guinea pig generation our teenage years were the ones that actually saw the introduction of a digital era of like of humanity can you imagine this like from landlines yeah. to cell phones being in everybody's hand right now that happened in our lifetime like our, the, the next generation like our kids like our everyone going forward is going to assume the digital world is just like the way it has always been but Ball we have seen it. that change and our outlook on life our outlook on relationships about with family or otherwise everything is just like changed so much over the last i would say i was like, i was just like i don't know if you listen to a lot of this in in japan right there are like the japanese population like has a big problem uh, of people who are in this age our age basically of like talking to the opposite sex so they have a big problem when it comes to dating in japan dating is like a huge issue it's like people are not like not like basically dating enough and people yeah. are like is so isolated like with everything that you like it's so funny because there's such an advanced i keep thinking about this okay there's such an advanced civilization in terms of like you know everything basically like you know their infrastructure everything and you know they've got it made like you know they're like the only asian country maybe south korea and some other tiger economies i guess but like they are the only they want they are the first i would say of the asian like you know maybe a non western country to like be so highly advanced but yet they their society is so structured in like a very 1900 sort of way like where people are like you know they don't talk to people enough they can't like you go and meet you, like i never met a japanese person but i've heard so, i've seen so many youtube videos now where i've where i've where people have said like you know that they find it very difficult to like you know open up to people 
and you know it's a very close society and stuff like that it's so funny and then in india like the there's we have this other issue where there are too many guys who are trying to like pick like you know ogle at women and do all kinds of stuff like that and it's yeah. it's crazy so it's yeah. like like japan is one of the hardest countries to understand because they've been in the asian context advanced for so long we're talking mm-hmm. about social mobility talking about economic like growth talking about a very industrious country and what it's done is uh, in my limited like uh, research and my limited like uh, youtube watching cuz that, that's how you become an expert on things these days uh, <laughs> i document this um, yeah absolutely man sunday i can take talk for hours about something i have no idea about <laughs> so i found that it's um, it's it's that level of modernization has severe uh, has a severe impact on uh, on the way humans interact with one another particularly when people start prioritizing work as uh, you know the only social validation right the only social validation being work has uh, pushed people to um, i think spend time in silos right mm. and yeah. while i i've never visited japan i've met probably two japanese people in my entire life what i do know is that when you advance as a society like that and people start working in silos and priorities as a society become work right you find a generation like you said that find that, that finds connecting with each other a problem and that is like a a utopian civilization when it comes to technology and, and connectedness because everyone's so uh, like everyone's like at the same level of social mobility and it's a very equal country for everyone but that in itself is causing population decline it's it's causing a lot of mental health issues the suicide rates are more in you know the younger ages than in some other uh, countries so yeah i don't think uh, you know people calling japan like a great country it's a fantastic country but uh, do the social indices necessarily point to that maybe not maybe that is not the way to you know have a happy population I don't know like maybe technology maybe too much technology is actually causing people to become more like lonely I don't know it's just tough it's Japan like if you look at Japan from the outside and if you're somebody who doesn't know anything about Japan if you just observe like if you look at look at one of their cities or if you just like observe uh, everyday Japanese life you'll see you'll think that this is like another western country it's like some it's like America it looks like America it looks like one of these places and stuff but then like so many people have said that, that like there's i don't know there's this famous guy his name is Pico Iyer he's like this famous um, japanese i mean he's like a, he's actually an indian uh, born in britain and he but and he's married a japanese woman so he's spent like almost 25 years in japan and he's like japan is at the pinnacle of its uh, civilization civilizational progress but its society is structured on a medieval mindset and it's like you know they're so advanced in terms of technology but they're so backward when it comes to society because they see a person who looks different from them and they will not make any uh, they won't have any hesitation in like asking them some of the most like racist questions out there without realizing that you know okay this could be racist this is like society has deemed these sort of things as like inappropriate like you can't say these things in front of people if you say this you'll actually like you know it's you know you'll create a big problem for people like you know there's this there was this ad or something in japan this happens even in china also i'm not just shitting on japan or anything but it happens in china it happens in china also but the, there was this ad in japan where there was this 
uh, you know there was this like um there was this game show where the one of the game shows game show hosts he put on a black face and he didn't realize that he was doing a black face and he completely thought it was completely funny and the, and it took like after many years or something like i think somebody had picked it up and then said i think somebody from the western world or somewhere they had just picked up this episode and they had seen this and they'd be like what is what's what what crap is this like you know what is this shit like you know and you know they got trolled heavily for these kind of things you know it's like it's insane so i mean in that context like if i would say like do you consider society evolved and just because of their like physical state or whatever or is it like what 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 do you consider to be advanced essentially like you know because society is so advanced in terms of materialistically but culturally like it hasn't really moved on let's say from for a long time then what what do you say that what do you call it so uh, to call a society truly advanced you have to look to what most countries and most societies are trying to aspire to because i think if if social if everyone were given a free choice to pick a country to live in which they perceive to be uh you know the place where they can do their best uh most answers would most people would automatically gravitate towards the west this is because our ideas of our ideas of an evolved life center around this utopian western dream and they're not all unfounded i would go as far as saying that there are things that the west is doing that Our aspirational, yeah, are yeah. extremely aspirational to developing countries like ours. Um, I'll give you a few examples as to what these things are. One is social mobility. Uh, I'm talking about somebody who's from the poorest families in um, the like in society, and their ability to reach the top just through hard work and their abilities as right. Uh, in the West, you can work hard, and there is very little. uh in terms of your caste or your gender or you know whatever Very like little, social, I would say. Yeah, yeah nothing like anybody can be anything in the west as long as you work hard enough there are opportunities to do that which aren't necessarily true in india or uh, in japan the way that like you know despite them being so advanced that their attitude towards women is something that has really you know been questioned in 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 modern light people are saying a lot of things about you know the way that they fetishize them Right? Yeah. so i don't think that's necessarily the you know the best way to uh, construe an ideal society so to answer your question in brief i would say everyone is gravitating towards a western uh, modopia yes yeah. but there are things that are fundamentally flawed in that model as well but those things are extre- are at an extremely uh, you know nitpicky level otherwise i would say that uh, like everyone son or daughter that grows up in the us has a shot at a much better life period yeah, yeah. compared to growing up somewhere like in africa or like most of asia like russia i don't know like any continent you take uh, you'd find that the opportunities for an average person are far more limited you know i was uh, this is funny thought you know i when i did my college in chennai you know i was i did that i, I was studying in chennai for 3 years right I, uh, so I had like two in I had like two African uh, classmates in my college like both of them from uh, Nigeria and I was like I just couldn't understand the fact that these guys want to come here and study I'd be like dude why the hell would you want to come here and study bro? like I'm like I was almost like like I was like I was feeling ir- I was like, actually getting annoyed with them I'm like what's wrong with you why couldn't you go to America this is such a 
bullshit player will come here. And these guys, and these guys said, you know, like I remember asking this, and they were like, it's much more cheaper. It's there's a quality. I'm like, what quality are you talking about? I don't see the quality yeah. and all that stuff. And I'm, then, I, then I was like, dude, if African people, these guys are coming here to study here. Can you imagine how bad it must be in Africa? Then it must be even worse. And then I was like, dude. we have such a long way to go when it comes to like trying to get everybody in the world on the same field on the same platform and to, you know just make sure that everybody is having a fair shot at society because at some point like you know it'll always be like people always aspire to go to america or uk and that's it you know like at yeah. some point we got to try to develop our own country also and like try to you know, you know like i'll i'll go as far as saying okay let let me help you and your listeners visualize this if you were to stack rank every country in the world right from least shitty to most shitty india very comfortably falls onto the onto the 50% tile or the upper percentile of less shitty because there are at least 100 countries where uh, there's no drinking water there's no running water uh there's very there's no electricity in some of the some of the biggest cities and there's civil war and you know there's all kinds of social evils that are still prevalent today so india at least is heading in the right direction and we can confidently say as a country that we are moving somewhat in the right direction in terms of social mobility i keep coming back to that one thing because that is the only way that we will even remotely get out of this developing bucket so uh, if your african classmates back then they said india like is a dream compared to where they are from it really points the question as to what are i i think it points to our privilege right like the fact that we are even able to aspire to go to other countries in itself is like a huge thing um but but for these people who are escaping for for, for your classmates from africa who were leaving behind far worse social conditions india is a much more free place like they can actually get a job in a in an industry they like and then start seeing the world and they can start going like going forward of their life and there are countries where is actually stronger than their currency right like i mean there are so many countries like that so yeah i mean we're absolutely not at an ideal state but we are definitely amongst the less shitty countries in the world i mean to put it bluntly yeah that's true but like uh, you know so I, it, it was damn interesting because um on another episode of my podcast right i had this discussion with my uh, cousin sister so we were we were talking about how like you know countries like we were talking about like how countries in asia especially like you know uh, see each other you know or something like that like you know so i found it quite interesting that like you know recently i just looked up on this like india stands like in terms of the asian countries in the list of the gdp and economy wise and all that India stands i think that is is like the second is a the third largest economy in asia whereas china and japan are like the first and second so but what's funny is that that doesn't come and but that doesn't tell you the whole story if you look at it from a gdp per capita index point of view japan is like the highest in in terms of uh, i think japan or south korea then china come then then lot of other countries china and india come way down the list basically so it's like if you look at it, but you know if you look at it from a different perspective of purchasing power parity and all that india ranks like number 2 in that list but in terms of per capita we are like really low so in terms of the amount of money that we have like the amount of individual power that each person in in india has in like in the asian context is very less actually but as a whole we have a lot of power but individually we have very less power 
so like individually like we don't have the amount we don't have the capability to like put up things in scale that easily because people don't have the the money uh, in the first place to actually do that but as a as a collective we can sort of put in enough to kind of like start businesses and start things and all that stuff although it won't reach up to the scale whereas in japan or whatever if every person were to like put in some money it would they could easily scale it up you know very easily and all stuff so i find that quite fascinating also at the same time maybe that's also that's another thing that's holding india back you worked in yeah. that industry for a while right i think you also know about this yeah yeah i mean i mean i've I, i've had the unique privilege of working in some of the most remote parts of india and then i've also worked in every tier one city apart from kolkata right A- apart from east east of india I've worked in mumbai I've worked in delhi have been in hyderabad i want to ask you how is that how is that experience been for you like that must have been that must that's i want to really know that how how is that experience been for you like living in different parts of the country and working and all that stuff. absolutely absolutely crazy i mean um, like i i i call it a privilege for a reason in that um, i was I, i i grew up in for most part in chennai right so my hindi was always like little sketch and the only reason i knew even a little hindi was because uh, you know my father he made it a point that i knew speak a little bit but going from chennai to um the most remote parts of marathwada like aurangabad and their entire like wilderness that is the middle of this country was it was very unnerving because you, you, i had to unlearn a lot of like uh, preconceived social uh, or my ideas of what society looks like right so what does the poorest farmer in this country actually look like uh, so i was working for a truck company ashok leland back then so from there i moved to bombay which is the other extreme where prosperity is like completely tied into how hard you work um yeah so that was crazy and then there was delhi uh, delhi was uh, just the vastness of delhi will unsettle you um, it's it's absolutely crazy trying to um, you know like delhi and gurgaon are fundamentally the same and different place understand that how do you oh. uh, you know uh, run operations in a place like delhi that was crazy then i studied in hyderabad for a year and then i uh, moved to bangalore been in the last four years where which i consider to be the most modern and like happy city to live in so to answer your question it's been ridiculously unnerving over the last 11 years that i've been working and studying um you know to actually see various parts of india like this up close and you know actually learning different languages uh, it's been an absolute like roller coaster how many like uh, how many languages would you have spoken till now like approximately like how many of them loosely so yeah. the, the languages i speak well because i grew up in chennai there's tamil there's malayalam there's english and hindi um I, i i did have to learn very basic marathi for the time that i was in aurangabad for two and a half years uh, because uh, whether i like it or not there are some people and some things that just translate better in marathi you know to be you know when you're out there feel yeah absolutely and it, it 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 helps knowing a little marathi in bombay no matter how much people say that hindi chalta hai uh, and then delhi of course you know my hindi had to get way better because unlike bombay which is very forgiving in the way that nobody gives a shit about your grammar and the way you're speaking yeah. delhi is a little judgmental so you have to get your genders and uh, understand what gender like inanimate objects are which is a whole pain <laughs> which is an absolute like my nightmare God. and then now i'm in uh, bangalore where 
there is this undercurrent of uh, you know the undercurrent of intolerance when it comes to not being able to speak kannada so uh, i've actually been picking up what i call uber kannada where i'm able to have a very nice conversation with driver yeah like take left here can you stop here thank you how much do i owe you all these things i can say in kannada and then i get a five star rating that's how my uber rating is so high so that's my uh, language but like i when i was in uh, it's funny that i was in i was in when i was in bangalore no i think sometime back i remember like i was in an auto rickshaw and then i was talking to the guy and he was telling me that he was asking me where you where you from and we were having this conversation in hindi so uh, he was like where are you from i said i'm from kerala i just came here for something or whatever and then he's like okay you know uh, uh, so then like i then i asked him where are you from uh, i said he said he's not from here he's from some other place and asked i said acha aapko kannada pata hai aapko bolne ke liye then meaning like do you know how to speak kannada so then he said um, he said i like he's like i don't know that much zyada nahi pata thoda bahut pata hai mujhe and this and that so i was like okay I'm like क्यों आप कनाडा सीखने में कोई प्रॉब्लम है क्या आपको तो देन इज लाइक नहीं प्रॉब्लम नहीं मगर हिंदी तो हमारा मातृभाषा है ना तो हिंदी में बोलने के लिए क्या प्रॉब्लम है सो दैक इमेजिन लाइक ही सेट दैट बिकॉज ही न्यू दैट आई वाज नॉट फ्रॉम दैट सो देयर नो इश्यूज देयर बट देन आई न्यू दैट इफ इफ समबडी फ्रॉम समबडी फ्रॉम हु इज अ कनाडा पर्सन हर्ड दैट आई एम श्योर लाइक देयर गेट रियली दे वुडंट लाइक इट एट ऑल यू नो आई इज द सेम थिंग इफ सेम थिंग इन तमिलनाडु एंड केरला आल्सो समबडी कम्स एंड सेज दैट हियर economy. right yes. uh, i i'm not pointing to bangalore in particular because that would be unfair it's true of any city that has any city. Um, yeah it, it's true of any city that has a vernacular right but anybody that says you know for, for instance in bangalore there's a very anti north indian sentiment that's very it, it, it it's not an under uh, undercurrent it's a very open thing right you will find i i've met so many people at parties that is oh north indians are coming ruining bangalore i'm like one second what what makes me a malayali like different than a north indian neither on the north indian norm of canada we don't know canada we don't we're not from here uh, so what makes this what makes being a south indian more acceptable They're like no they come dirty they face i'm like are you saying that all north indians come here and litter of course not are they are all south indians more polite no i'm sure no. there are enough like south indians who are just as like dismissive of local culture and language so it's it's stupid because a lot of um you know people uh, a, a lot of people in bangalore who are from bangalore have become very rich because bangalore did so well they sold their properties they sold their land they became very prosperous and they you know they grew as a city grew the amount of employment that's been generated for the local population and the opportunities that their subsequent generations have had because they're from bangalore and they have a house and a presence there that's nobody's addressing that nobody's saying that they have really done well so anytime i get into some kind of altercation at a party where somebody like oh i'm from bangalore but you know the scene is changing too much hindi i'm like one second bro like nobody is yelling at a kannadiga person working in delhi or bombay because they don't know hindi or marathi why are you being so hostile towards people who don't want to be here they here for work right so he's a he's a it's the it's that classic even that hindi hindi singer tutu mai mai 
where yeah. one person is like saying this the other person is blaming the other person and it's it's the it, yeah i mean you're totally right i mean like i i i'm i'm this kind of person that like you know whoever's right for the right whoever's perfect for the right job should be able to do it and if that person is like perfect for the job doesn't matter where he's from he should be able to do the job and it doesn't it shouldn't matter about like language and also because if you're really talking about trying to like unite this country in a real way not in the not in the current uh, what the current political parties what they try to uh, like project out but in a in a way in which like in a real way if we try to like unite the country we have to start accepting that you know people are different and they have different views and uh, you know you can't put everybody into one category because if you do that then you know it's like it's you you're doing the same thing that you criticize others for doing for you like you know in your own culture basically so you can't be a hypocrite in that sense you have to be able to like somehow accept that there are people who have different views than you and like you rightly said like people who are that i even i've heard people like you know i don't want to name any names but uh, recently somebody told me the exact same thing that you just told me like we were just talking and they so told me the exact same thing you know it's like uh, they were describing something about their work okay and so they were saying that only like you know there's just too many north indians at, at my work and all that stuff and it's very difficult to kind of just say you know you know like um, you know if it was a if it was a south indian it would be better so i'm like dude like i mean even if it was a south indian also there'll still be problems <laughs> you don't understand there's like still issues <laughs> or i have met i have met a lot of at see at work also it's funny because at work i'm more closer to like a lot of north indians than i'm closer to south indians at work i'm saying at work it's like that you know um i don't know why that is i think i think it's because like you know if 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 you're a south indian or south indian sees you and understands that oh you're a south indian uh and especially me who like you know uh, you know if i'm in karnataka i don't know anything about kannada um and there's this guy who speaks english most of the time whatever on stuff then they'll assume the they'll assume a certain kind of thing about you and then they'll have this in their mind and they won't like probably approach you that much so then you're like you always have to like go out, go yeah. and hang out you, with the people you, you are relating with the most. yeah no no like actually that's interesting like do, do you think that's down to you being a more curious person curious person and trying to understand the like people who are very dissimilar than you yeah, or yeah as in like i always try to like see the thing is i know i am fully aware that i am not a person who like i am fully aware that english is my first language and then i would say after that i would say hindi is like my my the second language i know the, the best second best and then after that i would say it's like malayalam and you know then it's done i don't know anything else up, up, apart from that but mostly i am like very comfortable in english and so i i'm fully aware of that so and i'm also aware that i can't say things to people because if i know if i say certain thing it will offend somebody i'm pretty aware of that, the fact that it's going to offend somebody uh you know that's why like my favorite conversations are the ones where there's no holds barred i can say whatever i want and nobody can say anything you know but i know that a lot of people also are not like like you or me we don't who don't grow up with that sort of mentality so i know that if i go and ask somebody something i'm not sure whether what i say is offending somebody or it's not offending somebody so there is like fine line so whenever i'm whenever i ask somebody something to somebody i always like change my voice a bit and i ask it in such a way that that person may uh, feels like you know i'm not coming from a bad place i'm just genuinely curious i want to know something about this can you please tell me and so then they'll say something and then we'll have a conversation or whatever and all that stuff and then i get to know so that's how i approach 
stuff i don't know yeah i don't know that answer yeah. your question but <laughs> and no that's in that inherently i tell you what okay like that, there are enough people who get very clicky nowhere will you find this uh more strong than and in, in universities and schools where you have all the you know tamil people hanging out together the malayalis hanging out together people from delhi you know forming a click so the, the friendship that i made like in college are with people who are inherently so different than me right like i mm. I, i i genuinely like really treasure conversations and friendships where i had to go and understand this person and it, it, it had very little to do with where they were from but rather yeah. who they were as people and uh, as indian right we are far more sensitive to this than any but then a, a, a lot of like other than countries i'll tell you why because in in the west you you can get cancelled very easily for holding an unsavory opinion about like uh, anyone yeah, in india like easy. it's very like oh mother bhai yeah, is from like uh, some probably won't to any hindi yeah so so it's perfectly fine <laughs> i don't i don't get this but it's perfectly fine to make these weird as assumptions about people based on where they're from yeah. and not judge them on who they are as people so i think uh, you'll find this to answer like to my point people get very clicky because of the sense of comfort that's what driving us apart at the same time uh, but it, I, i think people have to unlearn this clicky behavior to actually get to know their colleagues and their you know their that's very that's very, that's very difficult sir to do that like <laughs> you got to you got to you got to admit that you don't know right and that's not a yeah. very easy thing for people to do like for me like when i'm when i'm in an uncomfortable situation like i have always gravitated to people who um you know who are from like you know like whether it was in school or college or wherever it was somehow i've always gravitated gravitated more to people who are completely opposite than me in a lot of ways like you know people who you know some of them who know very little bit of english or you know who don't do the who don't have the same interests as me at all just 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 go and gravitate to them because i i want to know more you know i don't want to hang around with the people who who are like me because it's like it's kind of after after a while like it get, gets a bit boring you know it doesn't challenge you it doesn't challenge you all that much so like i'm like so i've always noticed that you know when you hang around with uh, with people who are different from you who are like who who just have a completely different take on life and all stuff it's it's very unique like you know i mean and also the fact is that like you know that you when when you're in an uncomfortable situation you're always uh, you know you don't want to sound rude that's the first thing that comes to your mind you don't want to sound rude to this person and like you know and so you always you're very careful with what you say to that person because anything you say like you know can offend them easily so you're always treading a very yeah. very tight rope in that sense and yeah so that, like i i and i and i and i'm pretty like it's kind of funny also because it's quite funny when that happens because whenever that happens though know, i always look like like you know it's, it's i'm always looking like a clown in that moment i'm like okay i have to be like this in order to diffuse the situation i got to be like this let that person feel a bit more comfortable let let me diffuse it and it'll be fine yeah you know birds birds of a feather man i'll tell you so when i first started working for ashok leland we were part of this grad program which is basically graduate engineer engineering training right we are part of this cohort uh, so uh, leland selects 100 engineers from across the country to be part of that cohort and those are the people that actually are fast track towards higher positions anyway uh, so 100 of us were put into um, this training center in hosur um, near bangalore and uh, We, we we just had a, like three months of you know training like 
like the training for like a journey in in Ashokaren. Um, and I, the five other friends that I made, with whom I'm still in touch with, and I still I've gone for all the weddings, and it's been like uh, you know over the last I think ten years I've known them. I've gone for all their weddings, uh, and we're still in touch. None of them are South Indian. Like these are five boys, not even from tier one cities. I'm talking about. Place like Halwani, Murti, the town. But we're talking about proper like boys from towns that a lot of us have not even heard of, right? Like probably the people up north may be familiar with some of these places. I had never heard of a place like Halwani before. I, yeah. I I I knew about Murti, but I didn't know where Murti was, right? Uh, I didn't know where Patrarku was. So these are all. So my closest friendships have always been with people. I mean, from very early on, like you, I've always like found myself and. and It was an open thing. I said, "Boys, I don't know Hindi," and they were like, "We don't know like Tamil teachers, Tamil or Malayalam." So we had this text, uh, you know, not not in Tamil Malayalam. They actually said our our English isn't like really great because we've grown up in like these 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 towns. So I would actually like help them with their English. They would help me with my Hindi, and we actually became super tight because of that. And of course, being drinking buddies also helps. So we damaged our livers a lot together, but that was a lot of fun. And drinking with uh, drinking with people who you have no like common language with is like an experience in itself, man. It's crazy. It's kind of like you know you know you're you're actually like in the you know you're like the misfit in the whole group, and like yeah. everybody knows that you're the misfit in the whole group. But at the same time, you have to like you know it's. um you know it's the way that the other people view you and how they treat you is very interesting they'll be like very sweet to you and very nice to you yeah. very kind to you they'll pretend actually like they'll, they'll know like you know without you even asking anything they'll be like you know yeah so you think like this right yeah, okay fine so you'll have yeah. this no okay or you'll do this no okay fine you'll so it's like that you know it's like you're like oh okay i don't have to do anything i just sit here and all that stuff yeah. absolutely nothing actually like I I want to get your like you how has your drinking changed over the years like just drinking with friends like family like over the from the time you had your first drink um mm. uh, to the time like you know to the way you drink now in terms of the way you drink socially in what you drink the amount you drink why you drink how has that changed over the last like many years that you've actually I think I, I at the first time I picked up a picked up any alcoholic drink was I think it was in 11th standard we had this like navy ball party or something like that and that's the first time like we just uh, you know experimented with it and you know it was a crazy night i remember a lot of things happened people started making out and <laughs> a lot of stuff like that happened it was a crazy night somebody was so drunk a friend of mine was so drunk that day that he asked out this girl and like the next, he didn't even remember he didn't even realize what he was doing he just asked some girl out while he was drunk and the next day that girl comes to him and says oh wait you asked me out last night no i said yes so aren't we like boyfriend or something wait what what is happening why <laughs> it was like wait what and it was like that you know so it was what crazy day i i, I can still remember it and uh, so after, i mean uh, i after that like drinking has always i've always been a beer kind of a person i love i love beer So I don't. I'm not a big fan of vodka or anything like that. I feel like beer is just enough. Like you know, like just like keep having beer anytime. And I can sit and have beer. Like you know, I can have uh, how many number beers till I get high, and I'm fine after that. Uh, vodka, I don't mind in in the sense that if I if I really want to get like high fast, and if I'm if we're going for a party or something, if we're going to dance, then I don't mind drinking you know hard beverages that time. But right. when i started drinking out in school i mean 11th and all went on and then you know like in the initial phase it was like 
we, we didn't tell our parents like i didn't tell i wanted to hide it i didn't want to tell my parents that i was drinking or stuff then later on i'm like yeah who cares so i just yeah. i just told them anyway and then like it went on and then college though we were like drinking almost like every day basically every yeah. day in college we were in our rooms and you know somebody would be like you know get a bottle and we'll drink and it was like that chennai three years of chennai went like that itself it was just like yeah. that that period where i just like every night we were either drinking in our house or we went outside and drank and it was just like that so yeah. and college went on like that and then after college is when things started changing i would say after that like then i had to leave that college life and get into like a more professional life and all that i think then i was i think that that's when my drinking sort of things started reducing a bit i didn't go out much and i couldn't because i had to start working and i didn't get the time to do any of that stuff and uh, i was trying to figure out my own life in that moment then i went through a, a solid phase like for two years where i was going through a really bad phase like personally speaking that phase i didn't even drink at all i just didn't even pick up anything at that time and so like i don't know it's been weird for me now like now i drink like you know with, with us like family we keep drinking like you know when whenever we're together we drink at home or um, like you know like when like when i stay with my sister like my sister's like most of the time she'll be like drinking something or the other like we'll have some whiskey or something at home and we'll be drinking that and but you know it's like now i just drink when i have to drink and i don't like you know I, the thing is also i have a bad habit of smoking so i kind of smoke a bit sometimes also you know most people would know that i guess by now i mean my parents, most people know that it's not, nothing to hide about it but yeah which is not a good habit i know i got to reduce it i got to get rid of it but um, yeah i guess that's it then there's yeah. also like yeah you know like like personally like you know as you're saying that like i was having multiple like uh, flashbacks about my own like uh i i started drinking very late i was very like idealistic until my second year of engineering then like why the hell am i like holding on let go a little bit so i i found that very early on i was using alcohol a sort of a sort of a crutch which happens when um, nobody really introduces it to you in a healthy way right you kind of you you you, you tend to drink too much too fast and you have a bad time uh, and over the years i found that i mean and through the time you know i think when you're going through some personally tough times uh, alcohol becomes a very dangerous thing uh which, I, which now in hindsight is like uh uh you know hindsight is 2020 but you know made some terrible decisions uh but then like now where i am in life it's like more of you know like a very chill thing like i am also like a massive beer person i cannot like do this uh, hard liquor thing anymore I'm, i'm over it and uh, for me like alcohol is occupy this thing of if it's there it's fine um it, it would be fine but it's not like the end of my life no like alcohol at a party it's it, it's really okay and uh, it's it, it's just changed i mean i think people like behave differently under the same amount of alcohol at different stages and for me nothing has spoken not, nothing has rung truer than that now when i'm actually plastered i'm a happy person but you know through my through my darker days i was a very sad and angry person when i was drunk so that these two very different kind of you know uh, social situations so i've uh, found that i think it's very important for a lot of people to introduce to alcohol correctly and um at least in my house i was never a thing cuz nobody in my house drank so i was had to cover the stuff by myself because i guess something you know i just grew up with and now i'm in a very good place with you know being able to control how much i'm drinking that's the one thing you know like thank you for bringing this up because that's the one thing that 
I kind of miss about Bangalore, which is that sometimes you can just go to a shop and then just buy like yeah. a beer bottle and then just like <laughs> drink. Like you can't do that here. I mean, you can do that, but it's not the same thing, you know. You can't like you, know, you pick up a bottle and then you get back to your home and just just have a drink or whatever. I, my favorite place. I remember the first time I went to Bangalore. I spent like I think a, a two months or something in Picos, uh, in. brigade i was just like there the whole time like every day i would come back from like some training or something like that and i would just be there i would be sitting there and you know it was like the best thing cuz i would they would like every day i would come there be that this one lady who would also come and do the same thing that i do and she'd be sitting in the table right in front of me every day and then after a point she continuously coming there i would just wave and i would say hi and then she would be like hi i'm like oh you came today and then we had like a small conversation once and then Then after that, obviously, then I was like, okay, I don't have any money anymore. <laughs> I can't go there. <laughs> I can't like, you know. But yeah, those are the things that I miss about Bangalore, just like being able to go and drink. But even now, at this time, it's kind of difficult, right? You can't like. Yeah. 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 And and I I you you know what? Like drinking in. Right. Um. Like drinking in Delhi is expensive. It's an occasion. You can't go for a casual drink to like a nice bar, but you can go to any number of like these. MRP shops that have like nice seating area behind and you can go have a great time like that's super cheap and different mumbai you have very small cramped bars which are just as much fun but and super cheap bangalore is very laid back it's mostly a beer city you can go for a very casual drink and like have a drink go home and continue life it's a very different scene altogether and Why i never understood this... like yeah yeah you saying yeah sorry to interrupt you Then no, so my point was that um, in ba- I, I never understood when people said, "Yeah, Bangalore is very chilled out and laid back." Like, what the hell do these words mean? <laughs> so the moment I actually moved to Bangalore and I actually started like assimilating into the way people were drinking, yeah, what w- w- what is today? Wednesday? Let's grab a couple of beers, go out, have a drink, come back home, perfectly normal. You don't get shit faced on a on the regular in Bangalore. Very easy to go out for a casual drink. Uh, that's true, like, but um, so like, uh, you know, let's. I wanted to discuss some other things also. Like for example, like I think um, you had mentioned that you are like this massive. Uh, you're a tech. You're a tech. You're very interested in technology. You're very interested in like cooking shows and uh, stuff like that. Like I mean, the only like cooking show that I have probably seen was that Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen sort of thing. I think I yeah. remember seeing a, a few parts of that, and also Master Chef uh, Australia. So, like, what is it about that? Like, what what interests you so much about that? So, I've always been like obsessively into um, cars, techno, and mm. technology. When I say this, I specifically mean uh, my interest in uh, the mechanical aspect or the technological aspects of cars, uh, phones, uh, and for as long as I remember, ever since I think I was ten, uh, I. happening on the you know on computers mobiles and like the evolution of that and, and cars that the even within my extended family and friend circles i became the person that you would talk to if you were going to buy a phone or if they were going to buy a car i would actually get calls on the landline people asking me like what car to get and this was very early like can you imagine like somebody who in the late 40s calling up a 15 year old kid to ask about cars mileage and i would actually uh, walk them through various things so that inherently has led me today to be i would say pretty aware compared to a lot of people i know about um you know uh cars and mobile technology 
like how things are shaping up and i have very uh, different views than the average person i believe through having done a lot of reading and a lot of like video you know like a lot of youtube crawling so uh, that's something i'm very passionate about and cooking is me basically when uh, i'm really hungry i suck at cooking but i love watching other people do stuff so i follow oh, some 15 or 20 <laughs> good uh, cooking like, there is yeah. uh, you know i know even i can't cook for shit but like when i look at all these like master chef australia when i look at any of these like should uh, be cooking shows now i'm like just the way that they cook all the stuff is so amazing like it's just so incredible like how they get that entire dish to be made like that 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 way i'm like i'll never be able to do this cuz i've tried like somebody has actually showed me how to make a chapati and i've tried to do it on my own it doesn't work it just doesn't work dude like i don't know why the only thing i can make is like bread and egg maggi noodles and like yeah. maybe corn flakes or something like that milk on that yeah sugar like <laughs> you know what like be, i i watch so many cooking shows you know like uh, on youtube so inherently i know all the steps but when it comes to actually chopping an onion like how the hell am i going to make this onion something tasty how <laughs> does this happen like who what what are the masala i'm supposed to get like if i make or or you know it's just black magic to me that some people know how to do it but they also do it you know cooking people that can cook have the biggest respect from me because i'm like this person is actually able to feed other people and that's crazy i i i absolutely suck at cooking i don't have the i don't have the hands for it, but they all say the same thing just start cooking monday you'll suck initially and you'll get better at it eventually so that's how, that's the, that's the story of life on everything basically right you start yeah, something you suck at it and then like you'll just be good at what it is after that But yeah, but yeah. like uh, you, you, you're also a big fan of uh, F1, Formula One, right? Like th- that's something that I don't I have no clue about. I just know a few people in that, which is like I knew I know a couple of names. Like I know Sebastian Vettel, I know like Michael Schumacher, obviously the goat in when it comes to F1. And then you've got um, who's I mean I that's the Lewis Hamilton. He keeps yeah. winning a lot. And uh, so, so, so tell me something about that. So for you and your listeners um I'll give you a very quick hack to almost overnight becoming an expert on what's going on and give you the ability to follow the next race with as much interest as anyone that's been following for the last 15 to 20 years right uh, that is just watch drive to survive on Netflix uh, there are three seasons out uh, and they chronicle the last 3 years and essentially it'll catch you up to speed on all the drama the technological advantages who's doing well who's not doing well and they have captured it not in one serious technical way but rather like uh, slightly masala fried version so it's very interesting watch even if you know nothing about f1 but but now is a very good time to actually switch over to the sport uh, and and uh, it's a very low investment sport because it happens only on sundays um, and there are only like you know like like very few races in a year so it's 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 not like a very like time intensive sport to follow and uh, the memes are great and memes are goddamn but watch uh, drive to survive um, and the reason why i'm very passionate about f1 is because it comes from a place where i like cars uh, yeah. but it also has a lot to do with race craft and how um, if if you take away things like abs traction control stability programs from a car you have these incredibly fast machines which are 100% controlled by the driver and they are driving it around corners at speeds that would break our necks you know like up to 5g in forces just on a human's neck would kill most people unless they were trained for it um and at the limit of human reflexes and 
material you know uh, material uh, ability people are pushing these things around corners so fast and going so quickly and it's all about uh, at that level to compete and get 0.1 seconds faster than the person behind you so it's it's black magic to me and every time i watch a race i get very emotional because i'm constantly glued into like this the one and a half hour time in my life where these people are just belting it on a track and it's so exciting the commentary is great uh, it's a very exciting like sunday the commentary the commentary f1 is just like epic dude like especially those british commentators and they be like you know the way they describe the names it just sounds so cool like when yeah. you hear the name sebastian vettel like normally it's like fine but when you hear that name on an f1 commentary or lewis hamilton it's just the way they say their names right it just sounds so cool i'm like even like you know you remember that guy narayan karthikeyan the guy yeah. the indian guy for f1 so that fellow like i mean very if you hear if you heard that name like yeah, what's so great about that name like you know it's like narayan karthikeyan would be like a name that okay i mean it's a normal <laughs> name that, Yeah it's like I know this guy he's there he's somewhere here I know this person like you know I'm sure like if they take any wa- any wa names it would sound so cool it would be like the way they yeah. describe this person they're going at the speed I'm like wow it's so cool and he must be really fast <laughs> yeah he got fast yeah. and everything yeah. yeah 100% so I'm I'm one of those people where I I'm I if if you're someone that enjoys F1 we probably talk for like hours like there's a lot of cool stuff that you talk about but yeah inherently i'd say I, there's if, there's one yeah. thing i there's one thing i wanted to know about f1 which was that uh, like sahara force india they um, they were bought by like it's owned by vijay malya and then uh, they were bought by like another, they were bought by mercedes right no so they so they were called force india force india so then what happened with that whole thing now now what do they call they call racing point only that's it right no so that became racing point until last yeah. year and that team has now been taken over by another company and now they are racing under aston martin racing so oh. that that was originally force india it became racing point for, for like three seasons uh, and then now they are aston martin so if you see the red car inherently the same technology team is the one that drove the force india cars right so uh, some of the drivers on the grid today were like most india drivers before so you had kevin magnuson until last year you had um, uh, you, you have perez who is uh, right now sergio perez sergio That's perez who is right yeah. who, who, who originally was a force india driver so it's really cool um, to see that transition and of course like we all were so happy to see like the indian tricolor on the f1 track yeah, and it was reasonably it, it was a weirdly like Okay, car. I mean, Racing Point last year was like dominant. Like, so it was a good car, but then just let down by very poor financing. And of course, having Vijay Malle as your kingpin is not really like a stable <laughs> business. Uh, isn't a very stable but it, business. It would have. Yeah. It would have been cool if any of the other billionaires decided to step in and maybe like uh, fund this whole thing and you know make it go. Because like you don't necessarily see Indians like in F1 all that much. At least when it comes to drivers, you don't see Indians It's like. So- the problem with f1 is that it is a very elitist sport in the sense that the drivers the have to yeah <laughs> no so i would say golf is compared to f1 very accessible right because yeah. uh, to give you an idea of the numbers yeah that's true yeah that's true to to, to give you an idea of the numbers if you are an f formula 3 driver 
that if you go from formula 3 to formula 2 and then finally maybe you can get into formula 1 a season in formula 3 is i think something like 250000 dollars a year and you have to find that money yourself through sponsorships and then once you have the sponsorships you go to a team and if you have the talent they select you to be their driver for this for the season when you move up to uh, f2 we're talking about like 400 like half a million like dollars a year and then f1 is like tens of millions of dollars to actually race so you have drivers who are who come from like billionaire families who are also very talented but they're also uh, you know backed by extremely wealthy families or you have people like like lewis hamilton sebastian vettel uh, who came up with talent go-karting and they built their entire careers from nothing which is very rare it, it's a very elitist very rich man still so i mean like that's i think i guess that you can't really have like an ipl style uh, i mean in india like a formula 1 racing sort of thing where you know you have like this team of that won't happen and that's the reason why probably indians would be that interested in, you know because it's not something that you can like like you know it's not something they'd be like are yaar isko can we are like him and us in 2 3 hours the closest thing you can do that we can afford as like the middle class of india is save up some not so much money and then go, go for a go karting session like get in your place that's fun as hell go karting is a yeah, lot yeah. of fun i did the closest that, like racing yeah. yeah i've done that in chennai uh, in that mahabalipuram area somewhere uh, close to that yeah. region there's this like go karting place So me and my friends did that there once. Like I remember, it was damn. It was a lot of fun actually. But yeah, it's it's something that you know I've actually you know to be honest because of YouTube I've I've at times like just opened up F1 and just see what's like I'm I've seen actually what's what's going on. Um, and like it's usually always like a couple of people who keep like winning. It's usually like yeah. Lewis Hamilton or you know Sergio Perez or so and so and so on. So yeah, anyways, yeah. So that's the thing. But yeah, I mean, this. I mean, there's a lot of things that we could like discuss. I know, like, you know, it's uh, we've crossed a lot of time right now, and like, uh, I don't want to keep you busy from anything and all that. So we should do this again one more time, you know, because there's so many things we can talk about. We can Absolutely, like, you know, man. Absolutely, so like, things... I, I really had a great time, you know, chatting. When I think. Um... You definitely how often again. how often do you get like this? I mean, you know, it's kind of sad, but it's also fun at the same time. Where you know, I have to call you on podcast and you got to do an episode. It'd be nice if you could actually like you know, if all of us could just talk like all, all the time, basically. But yeah, yeah, then, absolutely, man. Like let's let let's do that. I mean, uh, um, like when I come to when I, yeah, when I come to, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be in Bangalore. So when I come there, I'll definitely message you and we can meet up at that time. We can absolutely, you know, yeah. I'll do that. Absolutely, yeah. man. Please drop by. Uh, like we stay in near Kormangla, so it's uh, not oh, in my favorite place. I love Kormangla. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's so, this like Kormangla versus like Indranagar battle. I'm on the Kormangla side because like everybody's yeah. in Indra. Like most people like all of, most people will say Indranagar because it has all the best pubs and it has all the all the best stuff and all that but kormangla you can't un- underestimate it man it's also got like a lot of cool yeah. things it's got a lot of absolutely. you know it's got a mall that rivals the one near indranagar at least so. yeah I, I, like personally for me i've always uh, uh, stayed this side of town so i'm obviously going to be team kormangla so i keep trying like lure my friends 
uh, like oh, no it's great this is a new place for girl agree it's fantastic and then like i'll get them really smashed and then they'll uh, quietly decide that okay this place is not bad actually <laughs> and the, and then you have this entire like kalyanagar like people who stay out oh. of this because they want to keep their places all like quiet and like you don't want like mm. have sentex out this and that but you have uh, different warring factions of party people mm. <laughs> so, so that also <laughs> but Yeah, yeah, so yeah. dude, like next time you're in Bangalore, like whenever you're able to like travel to Bangalore next, please like come home. I'll we'll, definitely, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 I'd be and let's do like an in-person like podcast if that works. Like, let's, oh, that'd be let's perfect. That that'd be perfect. That'd be really cool. I'll be do that definitely. I'll I'll when I come there, I'll definitely message you. Don't worry about. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right, dude. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, dude. I'll be, hopefully we can meet soon. So. Sure. That's all about it. All right, yes. man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.